My name is Aaron. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I'm the senior pastor. This is my wife, Erica, and uh, she's here with me on the platform, which is awesome. Um, but we, we'd love to meet you after service if you can, before you head off to family brunch, I'm sure what you, most people are doing. And uh, we're excited today. It's going to be really, really good. We are having a special Mother's Day uh, message um, just for the moms in here. And I think, honestly, if you're a guy in here, I know sometimes you're like, well, Mother's Day, none of this is going to be about me. Actually, you, go, you have a lot that you can actually get from this. And, um, and there's going to be a lot of wisdom here. And uh, I think just don't check out. Make sure you stay locked in. And so uh, one of the things I always tell um, our church is that Mother's Day is, I don't know if y'all know this, it's the second largest church day of the year um, outside of Easter. And the reason it is, is because you know what moms want to do? They want to go to church because they actually love Jesus. I'm like, women actually love Jesus. Guys, we're all catching up with them. And so, um, but that y'all come to church and so um, stay locked in. It's going to be a really, really good day today. Um, Before we get started though, I'm going to pray in just a minute. But um, I always like to highlight a few things, um, and, and the first on Mother's Day, because uh, what I know about, I've been a pastor for almost two decades now, um, I know that for some ladies in here, Mother's Day is not a, a joyous day. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some ladies, Mother's Day is, um, is a reminder of heartbreak that you, you could have, and um, because either you, don't, you, you aren't able to have a child, or um, in the traditional sense of, of having a child, and, and so today could be a hard, hard day for you, and I just wanted to recognize you, and just know that you are in our prayers, that we're praying for you today, I know you, my wife specifically has a, a burden to, to, to pray over you, and to be, a, you know, just, just know you're not alone, um, and the Lord sees this day for you. And so, and I'm proud that you came to church. I'm proud that you're here. Maybe you're watching online. I'm proud that you're tuning in because um, I think God can speak to us in any situation. Sometimes our hearts, um, when they're hurt like that, they, they cover up a little bit. And, and I, I'm praying that, that maybe you would just be a little more vulnerable today than maybe um, uh, you, you know, maybe you, you haven't in, in the past. Um, another kind of section of ladies I'd like to just to let you know, just recognize you is if you're a mom who's lost a child um, or if you or you maybe you have a, a, an estranged child. Um, maybe there's somebody you, you, you saw you, you, you were able to you are a mom, but you either lost one or, or they're, they're far out of your life. You need to know God knows your pain and God sees your pain and you're not alone. Um, there are many ladies that we've had to walk through in my lifetime um, with just losing a child in one way or the other. And, and you just need to know God. God sees that. He's with you. Your church is with you. Um, do not be alone and do not go through that alone. We're with you. We love you. And so I'm going to pray. And I'm actually going to pray over you. And I'm going to pray over this, that group of ladies. But I'm going to pray over our service as well. And But I just want you to know that this day is for you as well. And we have a giveaway for all the moms as they're walking out today. And so if you're a mom who cannot have a child or if you're a mom who has lost a child, you take that that giveaway. You take it. That's for you too. And we want to make sure you're blessed and feel loved. Okay. All right. So let's pray. We'll get started. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I know that, that, um, there are some things in this world that we are called to walk through and, uh, they're not always hard, easy and we don't always understand. And so father, I, for the two categories of ladies that we prayed for today, that maybe mother's day is not, um, as easy for them as it, as it is for others. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to be the ultimate comfort in their lives today. That, God, they are whole and they are complete. That they would know you. That's my prayer today. That they would know who you are and who they are in Christ. 
And God, as they revealed, as they learned that truth, and as you revealed that truth to them, God, you'd bring strength to them. And I pray that, God, you would honor them and that you would give them a special moment. Just here's what I'm praying more than anything, a divine moment to cause them to smile today and that they would feel your love. Lord, I pray that you would be with this service, God. Help us to understand and hear what you have to speak to us today, God, as we open up your Bible and your truth and your wisdom of what it is to be a mother and what it is to be a godly mother that follows you, Lord. I pray that service would be blessed in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, I, I, um, I'm, I'm introducing the panel here because this is not, um, I always feel weird preaching on Mother's Day because, well, I don't know if y'all know this or not. I'm not a mom. Not so a mom. Um, because of that, I feel always ill-equipped to kind of give a real world. I mean, I can give Bible answers, but it's always good to actually hear from some actual moms and ladies who've been through it. And so I want to introduce you uh, to the panel. This is Tabby Powell. She helps run our church staff. She's on our staff. And so everybody say, hi, Tabby. Come on, give it up for Tabby. She's awesome and amazing woman of God. Um, this is Miss Rachel Martin. Um, she has the same last name as our executive pastor because, well, they're married. And so uh, she's amazing. I've known her and Pastor Jason and their wonderful family for many, many years. Um, uh, probably the most kind and um, I would say centered woman that I know and loves Jesus, uh, has an amazing family and has a lot of wisdom in her. And so I'm so happy you're up here. You're going to give us a lot of good thoughts. Uh, this is my wife. She's amazing. Uh, I'm married to you. This is Erica. Everybody say hi, Erica. I said yes to you. Yes. I convinced her. I told her I had money, and I didn't. So Y'all, I didn't read the fine you know, print. I, was, I said, would you marry me? And she goes, why? And I said, because I got money. And she goes, well, she found out I didn't. It was just too late. You know, it just says what it is. So uh, she's here. She's been serving at our church since it started because, well, she's tied to me. And so, uh, and then this is Chloe Powell. Ever say hi, Chloe? And so Chloe's here. She's actually the daughter of Miss Tabby Powell and um, amazing. She works on our staff as well as uh, actually she's my and my wife's executive administrative assistant. And so if you ever try to get a hold of me or try to, you know, do anything with Erica and I, it's she's she's the gatekeeper. So right. buy her something nice. She's really <laughs> she's really great. So we've actually known Chloe for a long, long time, as long as almost 10 years now. And to see her grow up and and uh, be a part of the church has been amazing. We're so proud of you. We're honored to have you on this platform. So um, here's. So the reason we have these four ladies is because we wanted to be kind of eclectic, uh, different seasons of life, everybody who uh, is uh, everything, who people who maybe have had or are married or has, has, a, has a child or even those who are not married and don't have a kid, just kind of give you some different, because everybody's out, you know, everybody's different in our church. And so uh, we had some, uh, we thought we'd do that. And, uh, and so what we, we had an idea. We just got done with a Q&A series here at our church. We called it Asking for a Friend. And so I asked, I answered all the weird questions that you guys want to ask me and, you know, try to put me in a corner. And so I tried to use the Bible and just told you what the Bible says. So it was kind of pretty easy. But um, we had a bunch of questions specifically in designed for yeah. women yeah. and moms. And so I thought, let's save that and we'll answer those questions on Mother's Day. And so I'm not going to answer any of the questions today. So you can't email me. This is great. <laughs> Um, I'm going to actually be the one. I'm going to be the host. I'm going to be Ryan Seacrest. And so I'm going to be the host and ask questions from you ladies who have wisdom. And uh, we're going to kind of go through that. So it's going to be really, really good today. So I hope you all. Y'all ready? Everybody say okay. Okay. Everybody say I got you. All right. Just elbow the person next to you and tell them get ready. All right. Just, just give them a little elbow. Welcome to Mother's Day here at Rice Church. Number one. Um, this question came in, ladies, and I thought this was really good. It said, how do I encourage my spouse to be a man of God so that we can grow in Christ together and model well 
for our children? Um, I don't know. That's this is such an amazing question. I think the key word is encourage. So um, it made me think of this story that happened recently. I was in my room, I was getting ready, and I was curling my hair, and the kids are, you know, playing, running around. I could hear everybody out in the living room. And the next thing I knew, I started hearing some tension happening. And it was between my husband and my baby, the six-year-old. Now, mamas, you know, anybody who starts messing with your baby, a little bit of mama bear starts to come out of you, right? I so was, I was encouraging like, him. He was, he was very strongly encouraging him, so he says. And so I'm in there curling my hair. I'm like, okay, I'm just, you know... It, it, we have a house full of boys, there's testosterone, so sometimes it's just, it needs to fizzle itself out. Well, as I was continuing to curl my hair, that tension started getting louder and louder. And I could hear my husband and he was like, what are you doing? Why, why did you do that? You know you're not supposed to pour orange juice. You're making a mess, don't do that. You don't pour orange juice. And let me tell you, church, the quickness my hoops came out of my ears. Before I knew it, I was at the threshold of my door with chancla in hand. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you can encourage him. I took a deep breath, tucked Mama Bear away, and I was like, okay. I walked out there to him, and as I came into the kitchen, he's standing there frustrated at the counter, and poor little Winston was walking away with his little face downcast. And I was like, okay. It doesn't sound like me. This is what happened. <laughs> so then I go up to him, and I just remember thinking to myself, God, I want him to hear you. I want to speak the words you desire me to say to him. Because it's not my job to change him or fix him. It's my job to be a helper to him. And the way that I want to do that is a way that I want to honor you. And so I came to him and I said, honey, quietly, it wasn't very loud. I said, honey, I realize that I wasn't in here and I didn't actually see what happened. And I just want you to know that I am so thankful for you as a man of God how you lead our children, how you encourage them. They're going to learn so many things because of what you do. And I want you to know that speaking that life into our children, I know is such a value of yours. It's a value of ours. And one of the greatest ways I've seen, and you have shown me and even taught me how to help our children be better, is by letting them actually have moments to mess up, have moments to make mistakes in our house have moments to be able to uh, cause an incident, an accident, spill the orange juice so that we can actually teach them because that's one of the best ways that they learn. And you know, when I approached him in that manner, he, the, the defensive came down, I could see him kind of settling down and he was like, you know what, yes, thank you. You're right and, and I can see that. And he was able to turn around and see Winston's downcast face. And he was able to go to him and encourage him back up and teach him and say, it's okay, you're going to learn, you're doing great. And that came because I had to make a choice to step out of the way. I, had to, I couldn't make it about me, right. what I thought was right, yeah. Yeah. what I saw and deemed as mom correct in how to handle the children. Because the biggest thing was I didn't want to undermine him and I didn't want to cut him down in front of the boys. You know what I mean? Like that does not, it's not helpful yeah. to do that. Yeah. So I, I really found that that really helped the situation to actually encourage, encourage him. 
You know, I think it's so funny because I've been around you all for over 10 years now and I feel like this comes so naturally to you. Like, I, I watch you with five boys. Let me just tell you, I'm not the most patient with my one. So like, I don't have, I don't have, like you're, you're not just patient with your husband, you're patient and an encourager with like your, your children as well. How does that even come out of you naturally? Let me tell you, it is actually not natural. It's not natural. It's okay. something that I had to learn and I continue to choose to learn every single single day of my life. Naturally, I'm a defender. As you heard, hoops came out real quick. And so I have to go into that space of holding on to what I believe that God has taught me over the years. Here's a few things that, that I believe helps me and can also help you. So number one, we need to know first who God is in our life. That's good. That's good. We have to remember that he is the one who never fails. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a place where we are constantly failing. And so I think sometimes we put ourselves in that space where it's like, there's no, it's, it's hard to get that concept that this God could not fail me. And one of the things that helps me is when I feel down or when I feel like I'm in a moment, I just tell myself, okay, let's find a moment God has failed me. And I rack my brain and I rack my brain. I go through every situation and I can't find one. And that helps bring me back to center of remembering who my God is, that he is there for me even in the hard moments, even in the yeah, valleys, even good. when I don't understand or when I mess up. Yeah. You know, God has said in, in Psalm 100, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Church, you can sit on this verse Ladies, you can hold on to this. When we're having an emotional day and we're just, we can't take one more second, you're hiding in your closet with chocolate and you're like, if one more knock happens on this door. <laughs> but we can rest inside knowing who God is for Did us. Did you say with chocolate? Gosh, there's a secret stash. <laughs> That's just for moms. It helps bring peace. Um, number two is remembering who you are. Remembering that you are a daughter of God, first and foremost. That's good. That's so good. One of the things that has helped me in this is taking inventory, ladies. This is a must, must, must. We have to remember to not just evaluate how many clothes we have in the house, how many toys we need to throw away, if all of our children are here, have they all washed, all those things, did everybody eat? We have to stop and take a self-evaluation. One of the things that God has given us is control over ourselves, and that is it. You don't get to control anybody else. So a great way to do that is actually look inward and take a, a, a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a yearly evaluation. Seasons change, and we're emotional creatures. And so if we don't stop and inventory where we are in our heart, in our mind, in our emotions, if we don't evaluate those things, we can spin out really, really fast. And then we're no good to anybody. We're, we're not being the best of who God designed us to be for our families as helpers, as moms, as daughters, as wives. And so these are some really great tools. Remember who God is and remember who you are. And the last one for myself is learn how to be an encourager. As I told you before, I wasn't always that way. It, I would come at him in a way of like, I knew what was right because I was with the kids all day. I knew their tics. I knew what made them get mad, how to calm them down. And but that didn't mean that I had the right to go in and take away his role as their dad. They yeah. need him. Yeah. They need to hear his voice. They need the different ways that he teaches. Even though I don't fully understand it, I have to trust God. Again, go back to that first one. You know who God is. Yeah. If I trust him into God's hands, I don't have to fix it because that's not my job. That's not my job. I only get to encourage 
encourage him because I know yeah. it's not my job to hold on to fixing him. Yeah. And Ms. Rachel, you and I have talked about this before, different ways that we can help our spouse. And I know that you've shared some really encouraging ways that you do that in your home. Yeah, um, a good way that I do that is through prayer. So there good. is power in prayer. I think we forget that sometimes. There's power in prayer. And there's a few ways that you can be praying for your husband, well, lots of ways that you can be praying for your husband. But um, as far as encouraging him to be a man of God, there's a couple ways. And one way is to pray that he would desire more of the Lord. Oh, that's good. Um, it says in Matthew 22:37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And one way that I like to pray for my husband and my kids is just praying the scripture. So yeah. I'll make it personal, and I'll put their names in there. I'll say so that good. Jason loves the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind. That's so good. And then another way that I encourage my husband is um, to pray that he would make the word a priority in his life. I think to be able to lead well and to lead as a man of God, he's got to make the word a priority in his yeah. life. So two ways that you can do that is to pray that he would desire more of the Lord and that he would make the word a priority in his life. Yeah, I love that one because somebody who's not married, um, I like that I can put this into practice now. Yeah. Yeah. I can pray for my future husband so and pray that he desires um, the presence of the Lord. And I just like that I can implement that now um, and I don't have to wait until I'm in that situation yeah. to, that. to pray. Man, that was good. That was a good. That's a better answer than I would have given. So that was good. Good job, guys. Um, I would say this too. Can we kind of give a, just a, a, an add on to that? If to the dudes in here, just uh, be what dudes. the dudes. What? I'm sorry. That's a thing. Okay. Uh, to the men in here, um, like be somebody who can be encouraged. You know, like so the only way you can be encouraged is if you put your pride down and actually be encouraged by your wife. So I've met guys who are like, man, my wife never encourages me. And I'll hear her actually encourage. And I'm like, you, you don't, you don't want, you don't want it. So like, you don't want you. If your wife encouraged you to your face, you probably wouldn't see it. So just be somebody who can be encouraged. And that typically means don't be prideful. So in your face. Number two, uh, this came in. This was good. My spouse and I fight all the time. There is more anger than happiness. How much do I put up with before cutting my losses? Um, before cutting my losses. So let me just say this real quick before y'all answer, if I can. Um, I'd like y'all to answer this from the sense that it's not abuse. So, like, let's just say that, like, because everybody's like, well, what about this? And, and then they go to the extremes of everything. So, like, okay, yes, if you're being physically abused, you need to tell someone now. You need to get help right now. And if it's m what you call emotional or mental abuse, you still need to get help. But be careful with that because I've met a lot of people who see there's a range. I mean, I all know that. Like, and people can take things out of context and could make things bigger than they are. And I'm not saying that's true for everybody. What I am saying is if it's abuse at all, you need to go get help. Like, so that we're going to answer this question outside of abuse, right? So there's struggle in the marriage. We're going to answer it with a posture of saying there's anger in the marriage. There's frustration in the marriage. We feel like you're at your end of your rope, but it's not abuse. Everybody say, okay. okay. All right. So, so well, let's answer from that. And then I think, um, I think also just like 
we're going to answer from the Bible. And, and we believe the Bible teaches if you can do, do everything that you can do. Like we don't use divorce and separation. So the idea of cut my losses is like, we don't even go there, right? Again, we're not talking about abuse. Hello. So, but we're, but we're talking about like, Hey, we want to start from the posture of like, man, I want to, I want to make sure I'm doing, I'm assuming this, whether it's a, a guy or a girl, it just says spouse. So I'm assuming this person is at the end of their rope. Right. And they don't want it to be. So we're going to kind of like, let's, let's work from a position of, because let me just tell you, divorce seems easy at the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've walked through people, I've walked, some of y'all have walked through, it ain't easy. Yeah. So if we could, the, neither of these are easy, but right. how, can, how, can, how can we answer that question? You know, Tabby, maybe you have a, a way you can help us with that. Yeah, I mean, I have some insight to that. I think, you know, um, my, so my husband and I, my husband and I have been married for 20 years. And so we got married super, super young. And, you know, when you get married young, you're immature. And so we had a lot of, you know, these moments. We were fighting all the time and, you know, didn't really know who we were, let alone how to be married and all of that. But there's this one time that it was like, this was like, it was the deciding factor on our marriage. It was like, it was the make or break. And I don't even remember what we were fighting about, but all I know is Chloe is in the living room and she's in her, her baby swing and we were fighting, like yelling and screaming and, and it was just so terrible. So we moved to the bedroom and we're yelling so loud that like we're across the room from each other. And, and I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm at my wit's end. And I said something, I don't even, I don't even know what it was. And let me preface like what's about to happen. Like it wasn't at me. Okay. So and I have permission to share this story also. <laughs> so, but we're yelling and screaming. And I said something that just, just set Christian off, like just set him off. And instead of like, you know, you get in those moments and you just want to punch a wall. Well, he looks down and next to him on the nightstand in our bedroom is a bottle of Mountain Dew. Yeah. Nothing Listen, good comes from Mountain Dew. Nothing good comes from Mountain Dew. So he picks this up and, and again, not at me, just lobs it. And I watch it. It's like slow-mo. I just watch it. And it nails the wall behind me, which is inside of our closet because our closet doors are open. And it explodes. And I was like, that's it. We're done. I'm out. So I start packing up the I start packing up the diapers and the wipes and I'm loading stuff in the car. Chloe's like just happy as, you know, whatever, sleeping in her swing. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to wake her up and all of that. But before I did, before I woke her up, before I pulled the car out of the driveway, I called my mentor. And I was like, listen, I'm coming to your house. I'm bringing the baby with me. We are done. He is hateful. This is not okay. And I can't even remember what he did, but I was explaining what he did at the moment. And, and, and she just goes, she listens. She goes, okay, okay. Um, Tabby. Yes. Can I ask you a few questions before you make your way over here? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm coming. And she's like, no, no, let's, let's walk this out. Okay, so he did this thing. He's being hateful. He threw the Mountain Dew and exploded in your closet. All of those things. And she said, well, didn't, and it just goes back to what you had asked. You know, is he abusive? No. Well, did he, did he cheat on you? No. And she starts to go through all of the things, biblically speaking, that I, I could leave for. And she goes, well, honey, here's the deal. Sounds to me like if you walk out that door 
and you put divorce on the table or you put you leave then it's your fault because you're gonna have to answer to God for that and I was like but and she hey you can still come over it's okay but I just need you to know well here's the thing so for those of you who don't know me, I'm for one, very stubborn, and for two, I'm a rule follower. So it darn well wasn't gonna be my fault, <laughs> right? So she did in that moment, she took me to Ephesians 5 and it says, however, each one of you also must love his wife and he loves, as he loves himself. And, and I was like, see, you know, he wasn't being very loving. She stopped, Abby, stop, stop, stop. But it goes on to say, and the wife must respect her husband. And she started asking me questions. What do you respect about him? And I'm nothing. I don't respect anything. <laughs> nothing. But you know, in those in that moment, she's like, I bet you weren't, I bet you weren't very respectful in that conversation, Tabby. Like, and you're gonna have to answer. He's gonna have to answer to God for all the things that he said about you and to you and all of these things, but you're gonna have to answer to God for what you've said. And so it just sounds to me like you should probably just take a first step of being the bigger person. And you know, I, I know, I know, like Rachel. I mean, in those in those moments, I know that you're so sweet. You're so much sweeter than me. <laughs> but like, but I know in those moments, I was not being respectful. Have you had the like? I mean, like, have you ever felt that? Yeah, I mean, those moments can be really hard. Yeah. Especially like when you're thinking about what you're talking or how you're talking to your husband. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I get it. It can be really hard. But I think for me, in those moments, I try to remember that my words have power. Yeah. And exactly. that what I say and what I'm saying, I think about how am I saying it to him? Would I want to be talked to that way? Mm. If not, then I shouldn't be talking to him that way. Right. It says in <clears throat> Proverbs 18:21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So you can either build him up or you can tear him down. Mm. And it says that that those who love it will eat its fruits. It's like planting a seed. Are you planting a seed of life or are you planting oh, a seed of death? Yeah, yeah. So those moments you have to think about, like my words have power. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that actually reminds me kind of like what mom and dad taught us like in the home. Um, anytime we would get mad, she'd always be like, are you responding or are you reacting? Yeah. Usually it's like, oh, reacting. <laughs> um, and it was annoying at the time, but now in like my current relationship and just through life, I'm learning to use that as a practice to yeah, also, so. because words are powerful, right. I think it's super important. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think leaning into understanding again, knowing who God is, you can take those moments and you can surrender it to God. Right. You can surrender what this is, how I feel, what he's doing, what I'm doing to the God who is in control and who loves you. You know, learning that it's not about me, but it's about God in his greatness. Learning that we can do everything unto the Lord. It's a choice that we get to make. You have to remember, we just, we live in a broken world. That's, that's just, it is. And how we fix that is actually looking different from the world. Right. Those trials, those painful moments, they're going to come at you. It's not a matter of if, it's just when. Yeah. So don't look to escape them. And you have to settle in your heart that that kind of, of talk, like that kind of option is just off the table. We, don't, yeah. we yeah. don't give that an option of saying, I will leave. I remember for us, when we first got married, um, I wouldn't say I will like, um, 
divorce or whatever, I would say things like, I don't have to stay here for this. I don't have to put up with that. Same difference. It's like the Christian way of saying, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. And it's like... You don't shape up. I'm gone. And honestly, even in that by itself can feel, you know, like it can feel so heavy on them. And then they have a harder time leading you, you know? So like he said, guys, lay down your pride. Ladies, we do too. Yep. We have to lay down what we think we know and that we're trying to control and we're trying to protect ourselves. Like God is your protector. He will defend you. Psalms 105 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek, Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he utters. At the end of the day, it's the Lord's. Judgment is in his hands, not ours. He's asked us to love one another, to respect one another. So we don't have to carry that weight of making sure that person gets justice. That's on God. Sometimes when he's, you know, having a moment, and I know I've done everything that I could possibly do, I'll just say, okay. You just, I'm going to leave you with Jesus. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to let the Lord talk yeah. to you. Sometimes this I don't say never anything. To you. Sometimes I don't say anything. And I just walk away and I just start praying, Lord, he's your son. You talk to him. Honey. And then an hour later, he'll come back and say, stop talking to Jesus. I said, my heavenly father loves me. So you need to treat his daughter better. That's you between you and Jesus. Between you and Jesus. We're not supposed to bring some of this stuff up. You bring to you and Jesus. Yeah. And you know, another thing I think I like that you talked about is you went to your mentor. I did, yeah. And we firmly believe that counseling is a must. It's not a request. It's not just an option. That's part of how we actually stay healthy. And it's not just counseling when you're going through hard times. Right. A counselor is a great sounding board who is not vested on either side. They are looking to be there for your marriage to win, for you to have success in unity. And so we firmly believe that you, we should have that in our lives. We have that. We've been going through that after the first year of marriage. We stepped into counseling and have been there ever since. And it's not something to be ashamed about. I think sometimes the struggle is like, well, I don't want people to think that I need help. Um, we all need help. Yeah. Like we, all of us. And so we need... I just need less help than no, others. Oh, jeez. Lord, you talk to him. Oh. So we just, we have to remember that God is in control. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think you know, the one thing that whenever she talked to me about that, whenever she took me to that verse in, in Ephesians, you know, what she didn't say was, is he being respectable? You know, it was like, no, no, you have to bring this back to when you surrender yourself and you surrender your marriage to God, then when you say, this is who I'm going to choose to be despite what they choose. And so if that's the case, then my, the way that I wife, the way that I mother and all of that is unto the Lord. Like it says in the Colossians, just do everything as unto the Lord. And like I said, rule followers. So I'm just going to be obedient to God whenever it's hard to be submissive to my husband right Right. so it's like okay so that's you know I think that it takes love and spiritual maturity to see those things through in these moments and so uh, it's it's we live by our choices and so who are you going to choose to be in those moments it doesn't matter who they choose to be who do you choose to be um that's a that's a big thing and you know what here's the thing I love that you were like my, my God had my back. Because here's the thing. Let me, let me just take you further on. So we, I get off the phone with my mentor, and I'm like, hey, fine, Christian, I'm done. Ugh, I'm done yelling and fighting. We're going we're gonna, to whatever. We're going to figure this out. But I go back, and I go, into, I, and I go into my bedroom, 
And I look at my closet and I am thinking, this is the worst. It's gonna be so bad. All my shoes. <laughs> and you know what? God still had my back in that moment because whenever I went into the closet, the only things that were hit by Mountain Dew were his. It's a true story. It's a true, it's totally true. It only got Christian's clothes sticky, not mine. God had my back. Man. I feel like there was obedience in that. There, <laughs> I feel like I was God blessed by obedience. my obedience. <laughs> Question three. And we're done. We're done. We got to do this one quick. But um, uh, this is a good one I thought, I thought was real important we should answer. With so many voices that we can listen to, um, it's so hard. This is the question. It's so hard to not compare myself in situations. Why don't I have kids yet? Why don't I have a husband or a man yet? How do I keep from comparing myself to others? That was the question. I love this question. I'm actually pretty sure I'm the one that wrote it in. Um, <laughs> just being real. Um, I have dealt with comparison a lot, um, so I'm pretty, I feel pretty well-versed, well-equipped. Um, but I have a funny story. Um, so last year, I had the privilege of going to middle school camp with our RISE youth. Um, and middle schoolers, all they want to talk about is like, who are you dating? Are you dating anybody? You know, like asking all these questions and it's all about boys. And at the time I was like, I'm just, I'm focusing on my relationship with the Lord. I'm focusing on getting good at my job, like all of these things. And I, I was like, okay, I'm done answering your questions, like move on. <laughs> like 10 minutes goes past and we're just kind of standing around waiting for the next thing. And one of my middle schoolers taps on my shoulder and was like, Miss Chloe, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah, sure, of course, what's up? She's like, so, do you like cats? And I was like, I don't love them, but I don't hate them. Why are you asking? And she was like, well, the direction you're headed, you may want to start. And, I, and she walks away. And I was like... So let me get this straight. This teenager says, you don't care enough about men. You need to get cat. You need to become the cat exactly. lady. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Dang. Brutal. It was rough. I was like... Does anybody have teenage girls in here? Uh, raise your hand. You have a teenage girl? Mean. Raise your hand high because you're part of a, a... Lord, let's just pray for them right now. Yeah. We love yeah. you. It's rough. So then I took a step back and I was like reevaluating all of my life decisions. I was like, have I missed it? Did I miss my opportunity? All of these things. So I'm comparing myself to other people. And not only am I comparing myself but there are other people comparing me. And that's like a rough, that's a rough thought. Yeah. Like, not yeah. only do I care, but they care, and they're thinking about this, yeah. and all of that. Um, so I really had to take a step back and reevaluate. And the conclusion I came to is like, who am I gonna listen to? Am I gonna listen to what this middle school girl is telling me about my life? <laughs> or am I gonna listen to what God says? Um, and I think a great, um, I think a great scripture for this is Psalm 16, 9 through 11, and it says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me. So, I mean, 
God doesn't talk to me like I'm going to be a crazy cat lady. <laughs> like, why should I think about myself that way? Um, and it, it continues to say, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And so just reading that and meditating on that, I really had to, I really had to think like, okay, what am I going to choose? Who am I going to listen to? And I just came to the conclusion, like, one's a whole number. You know, I don't have to... I don't have to be with another person uh, for my identity uh, to be affirmed. Um, I can rest in knowing that God's got me. He's got a plan for my life. And yeah. Man, that's good for this. I think just a great single lady kind of comparison. Like, man, how do you, you know, because where you're at in life. um, But I mean, I know like you, you probably guys struggle with that as well, just being married, having kids. You know, what about you, Miss Rachel? Yeah, I struggle with this a lot. It's a, a wife and a mom and a pastor's wife, and um, this can be really hard. And one thing I try to remember is, or I ask myself, who am I comparing myself to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I comparing myself to the world? Because if I'm comparing myself to the world, I'm going to fall short every time. Yeah. But if I'm comparing myself to God's plan and purpose for my life, then I'm going to feel fulfilled. Um, Recently, I was tasked with the job of making a Fiesta shoebox float with my son. And we had never done anything like this before. I had never really seen anything like this before. So I went on Pinterest, of course, and I'm looking up, you know, different ideas and just these elaborate, over-the-top, ideas and I'm like I so I'm showing my son I'm like look at these pictures and these are the great ideas we can do and isn't this great and we can do this and we can do that and he's like mom I have my own ideas <laughs> like okay so in that moment I had to choose am I gonna make this Pinterest worthy shoebox float and overtake him or uh, am I going to choose to my purpose and plan, which is to help him learn and grow so, yeah, from this experience? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the one scripture that I like, it says, of course, we would not dare classify ourselves or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. How stupid they are. They make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and they judge themselves by their own standards. As for us, however, our boasting will not be beyond certain limits. It will stay within the limits of the work which God has set for us. And this includes the work among you. So who are you comparing yourself to? Are you comparing yourself to the world? Because the world standards is a perfect person. And there is no such perfect person. Um, We see on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook all these what looks like perfect people. But in reality, it's not. So my question is, are you comparing yourself to the world? because you'll fall short every time. That's so good, Miss Rachel. Yeah, it's so important for us to remember that. We get lost in this mindset that we need to be perfect. And church, we don't need to be perfect. Jesus held that position. He held the place for us to actually be flawed and be covered by him. We, we find this desire, we actually find this struggle a lot. If you look back, you may have struggled with it when you uh, had past family when you were younger. Maybe it, something happened when you were in school, you know, and somebody made fun of your shoes or your pigtails weren't done right or, you know, you had the wrong Ziploc bags for your lunchbox, you know, and so it's like you get in these spaces where all of a sudden now you're like, I have to fix it or I won't be accepted. Maybe it's, 
your present family and your present time right now where you look on Instagram and those families look so perfect. These six-year-olds are getting scholarships and you know that child is not eating paste like mine is. And how in the world are they doing all this? That woman, the mom, she's so put together all the time and our house looks gorgeous and beautiful and it's not real. It's just not real. Or how about our future? We look towards our future and we think, I'm gonna fail or I'm not gonna have or I'm gonna miss out on. And God's plan for us is to actually be the best version of who he made us to be. He's not looking for me to be a Chloe. He's not looking for me to be a Tabby or a Rachel. He's looking for me to be me. And we can rest in that, moms. We can rest in that, ladies, that God has designed you as life givers. He has brought you into a place where you get to be abundant in how you breathe life, quite literally give life and teach life to those around you. It's not something that we take lightly because that is what the world needs. We need to show them God's love, right? It's So instead of saying, I'm gonna look at, how do I be a perfect person that the world says? No, I'm gonna look at what God says about me. And what does God say? God says that we are his workmanship. He says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that I am a friend of God. He calls me his daughter, a co-heir to the throne. That is huge. That is something that we need to hold on to. So today, let's stand on that. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to show us, Lord, what you desired for us, what you desired in us, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to a spot where you can move through us to help bring so much love and life to the world around us. Whether we have children or not, whether we have families or empty nesters, God, I just pray right now that our hearts and our spirits as moms, daughters, wives, and friends are lifted up to exalt you with the life that we have here, to remember who you are as our Heavenly Father, first and foremost, and to remember who we are as your daughters. God, I pray that we take away these moments, these nuggets of wisdom, and apply them in our life and feel more fulfilled than ever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.